does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. All right, the month of July is here. We are three weeks from today away from training camp. It is Wednesday, July 5th, as we are back in studio. I am Kevin Bowen. Eddie Garrison rocking his Jonathan Taylor jersey. I know, Eddie, it's a bit of a bummer probably when I texted you and thought, you know what, let's do the Taylor-Pittman contract talks. And then I thought to myself, boy, we've got a lot of info. Let's Maybe put those on the back burner for the next podcast, and you're gonna be on vacation for the next I know, podcast. I know. I was upset when I read the when I read the <laughs> rundown. It's like really. So we will certainly get into those discussions uh, next podcast, and I would think several more. We'll have to see how all of that plays out. Uh, but yes, three weeks from today, we are gonna be at Grand Park for training camp. We'll get in the training camp schedule. You know, obviously a lot of Isaiah Rogers, and I guess a little bit of Rashad Barry talk on this podcast as well. We'll get into Twitter questions. And then I think really the rest of July, Eddie, and I know the schedule is going to be a little bit off and on with you out. I'm out in a couple weeks. And then I guess Tuesday, what, Tuesday the 25th, is that report day? Yep. For for camp. You know, typically Chris Bauer talks that day, so maybe we do a podcast right after that. Something like that. But uh, there'll be plenty of content. Our website, 1075thefan.com. We'll start to get more into the, you know, guys with the most to prove and, you know, last year I started the 53 questions going into training camp. I, I thought to myself, you know what, it's time to whip that back out and, and see if I can come up with it with a new 53 questions for for this year. But you know, when you get into this time, Eddie, it's kind of like, wow, it, it it's nearing. You know, three mm-hmm. weeks is, and we're, you know, tomorrow it'll be less than three weeks. And I think the intrigue is obviously there for training camp and. Just makes me think of that Lizzo song. It's about damn time. It is about damn time. Very nice. I think Lizzo would appreciate that reference that you just pulled out there. And I'm really looking forward to it because it's something new. It's something different. It's hope. It's intrigue. I know you and I are both big Reds fans. Yes. And obviously the injection of life that that franchise has received here over the last month or so is pretty darn impressive. Um, And I think the Pacers are not maybe at Reds level yet, but they have kind of showed some moments uh this past season of it and now it's time for the Colts with a little bit more of a modern look to the most important position on that football team and obviously how all of that plays out will be huge so uh, how's uh how's life for you man it's great did you have a good July 4th I did yeah nothing too crazy you know we were up in Michigan last week at a my lovers is the family I'm married into so my in-laws family reunion every two years uh, their grandma Jane 93 years old Wow, go Jane. Go Jane is right. An incredible woman. And she's got three kids, and I think it's 10 grandkids, and then whatever 10 plus 3 plus 1 is, minus 49. Well, I, I guess you got to throw in the significant others uh, with the 10 grandkids. Uh, but a whole lot of great grandkids, so Rosie had a great time, and Max slept in the weight room there. We had this big old like retreat-type center. To try and get everybody together. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah. It, it, so how often fun. did you get asked about Anthony Richardson? Yeah, there were a few Anthony Richardson questions, certainly. Um, and that Isaiah Rogers news, you know, kind of broke as we yeah. were up there. So that was a popular question as well. Uh, but for the most part, I'd say the fandom in that household is kind of spread out. 
you know, it's not just all diehard Colts fans. So there are a couple in there. So on Saturday, Matt Taylor was hosting Indiana Sports Talk. Uh, so right before July Fourth, and yeah, I'm going to ask you a question. He asked me. He goes, "If you were in the hot dog eating contest, how many hot dogs do you think you could put down?" You got ten minutes. So I have done an eating contest before, pizza eating contest in high school. I prepped for it. I read up on Joey Chestnut and Kobayashi techniques. I was told that 24 hours before you consume the eating contest, you're supposed to eat very similar amount to what you plan on eating in the eating contest to build your stomach out. Yep. And then you eat grapes for 24 hours straight to keep your stomach expanded. So I did all these things. Um, I also was in a St. Elmo shrimp eating contest a couple years ago. I remember this. That did not go great for myself or my um, bowel movements. But uh, I got second in the pizza eating contest. I put too much Parmesan cheese on the pizza. Uh, Immature move by me. No discipline by me whatsoever. (laughs) And that cost me dearly. How many hot dogs could I eat in 10 minutes? I could eat six. You think so? I don't know. Maybe not six. I could eat... I could eat four. In 10 minutes? You think a lot more? I don't know. I'm not like, don't get me wrong. I love a hot dog at a baseball game. I had a hot dog making the turn around to golf the other day. But I've never looked at that food and thought to myself, I can down 10 of those in a blink of an eye. Whereas like I've ordered pizza and been like, oh my God, I could have two larges. I told him, I told Matt, I said, if I trained for it, I could probably hit 10. He goes, 10? 10 in 10 minutes? Yeah. One a minute? Okay. I believe. I mean, Chestnut, again, Serena, Tiger, Usain Bolt, Phelps. He looked like MJ walking out for game seven. Yeah. He looked like Tiger wearing the red shirt on Sunday when he came out after the rain delay. That's two Tiger drops. Oh, I love it. A dominant, a Westfield native. Yeah. Uh, He's been in our studio before, so one of our own right there. Speaking of that, Grant Park, Colts training camp. There we go. There we go. Is that the transition? Yeah, yeah. You think he'll be out there at all? I'm surprised. We I'd be shocked. If we still have people listening at this point. <laughs> got the Reds. We got golf. We got hot dogs. I did want to briefly go over the training camp schedule before we get to Isaiah Rogers. A couple things to note, Eddie, and I think we've kind of hinted at this leading into the official release, which happened last week. I expected an abbreviated camp up there at Grand Park, and that is indeed true. Uh, Thirteen open practices, which is still a decent amount, by the way. I mean, thirteen is a good amount of practices yep. that are open to the public. But they're going to end with those joint sessions with the Bears. So August 17th is it. Whereas I think in years past, it kind of bled into the 20s of August. Um, so when you look at it, uh, July 26th to August 17th, again, 13 open practices. If I'm counting correctly, seven of those practices will be morning sessions. They end before the second preseason game. So it's right before that preseason home opener with the Bears, the only home preseason game. Now, stuff that I think a fan is really going to like from a practice schedule. You get two night practices on Saturday night. So two Saturday night practices. That would be the 29th of July and then the 5th of August. The 6th of August, you have a Sunday afternoon practice. And those Bears practices are at 6 to 8 p.m. Eddie, correct me if I'm wrong, I cannot recall in the history of the joint practices those being at night, like 6 to 8. I typically remember them being more in the 4 to 6 range. Mm-hmm. 
if that. I mean, I think typically they've been even kind of afternoon. So 6 to 8 p.m. for two joint practices, and when you factor in it's the Bears, that's that's pretty – that's good if you're a fan. Gives time for I think it gives time for those who live in Chicago to you know travel down. Which I'm thinking, gosh, where are you going to put all these people? Like, and I said, in all seriousness. I mean, Plus, it's a 7 o'clock game Saturday night, too, so maybe it's a little bit of the circadian rhythm. Look at that. Still in turn for Frank Reich from last year. But, you know, if you break it up into weeks, Eddie, week one, that first week, they'll practice Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. Week two is the busiest practice. That will be Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. So that is July 31st through August 6th. Week three, they only practice Tuesday and Thursday before they travel to Buffalo on Friday, play Saturday afternoon. And then the final week up there, they have those two joint days, the 15th and the, and the uh, excuse me, the 16th and the 17th, which is a Wednesday and a Thursday with the Bears. And again, those are night practices. And then they practice that, that Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. But that's it. I mean, it's, I feel like I'm going to blink and it's going to be gone. Yep. A lot of morning practices. I hope that we'll be out there with our morning show, Kevin and Query. Hope to have a Colts player and or Coach Ballard, etc. on on a pretty frequent basis as well. So we'll fill you in when those details become available. Um, but yeah, I think that covers everything. Camp practice schedule. Do you have anything else to add, Eddie, there? Nope. Um, looks good from my perspective i mean nice balance between morning and night weekend and i've said this one thousand times about the colts and their training camp approach and i'll say it for a thousand and one i miss Terre Haute. i miss anderson in the sense of you know as someone that has grown up in the state of indiana my entire life i know how much it means to those sections of the state to have the colts in your hometown you know we had a pop quiz caller on our morning show today from anderson and we just chatted briefly about training camp there. I mean, what an unbelievable opportunity to take your NFL franchise, in Terre Haute's case, to Rose Holman, a small school. Anderson's case, Anderson University, a small school. It's not like you're going mm-hmm. to West Lafayette or Bloomington or South Bend or even Fort Wayne, which is a big city, or Evansville. I mean, you're going to smaller cities in the state of Indiana. You're reaching pockets of the state that you know typically fans don't get a chance to see. Having said all that, the Colts are still one of the few, few teams in the state of Indiana that goes away for camp, or excuse me, in the entire NFL that goes away for camp. For those unfamiliar with the geography of the state of Indiana, they now go to Westfield to a complex called Grand Park, which is a monstrosity of a complex with a million baseball and soccer slash lacrosse. Hell, don't they have a basketball house there as well now? They have the Pacers Athletic Center. It is an incredible state-of-the-art facility, and if you have your kids playing travel baseball, soccer, or softball, you're probably going to stop there at some point in your life. It's a beautiful facility, but let's be honest, it's in the most affluent county in Indianapolis, I would mm-hmm. guess, certainly per capita in Hamilton County. So it is in a section where you don't maybe reach, again, other parts of the state where some fans that don't get to see the Colts on a frequent basis do get to see them. I know a lot of people drive in for camp, though. And to your point, Eddie, they make the couple-hour drive down and they maybe stay for a couple days if they can because it's free and it's open to the public. And that is unbelievable that the Colts continue to do that, even if the schedule's a little bit shorter this season. So kudos to the Colts for continuing to go off-site for camp. 
I believe this is year five of a 10-year contract. So we still should see this for several more years. And this is not the norm in the NFL. So awesome on all accounts. I love training camp. I can't wait. The part of it that I miss about Anderson is that you're all the fans waiting in line to get in and you see the players go by on the on the golf carts. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's the part I miss the most of them like interacting with the fans as they go towards the practice field. And now you fans don't get that same interaction because they come from the building back behind the yeah, woods. They come from kind of the on campus closed off area. I do think the access you get just from a viewing standpoint is tremendous. Yes. And you are you're closer to the action there than you are to a high school football game. Correct. I mean, the stands are very close to the field. There's two fields. Matt Taylor will keep you abreast each morning on where, what field will you know be used more than the other. On that specific day, they typically alternate fields to keep everything you know as close to in tip top shape as possible there. And they typically sign autographs. You know, yeah. after practice, and you know, players engage. I think with fans a lot. I mean, hell, if you loud, if you yell loud enough, some some guy will turn around and say hi to you, and whatnot. So we'll have Shaq. You suck. Well, yeah, it, you know, I, I I don't know if I've heard that one, but <laughs> some Shaquille Leonard convos will be interesting. But we'll have tons and tons of coverage from Westfield, and looking forward to it. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Did you know St. Jude has one of the largest pediatric sickle cell programs in the country? St. Jude freely shares the discoveries they make, and every child saved at St. Jude means doctors and scientists worldwide can use this knowledge to save thousands more children everywhere. Join me today in helping to fight sickle cell disease by becoming a partner in hope. Call now, 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. Uh, like you said earlier in the podcast, the big news uh, regarding the Colts, the Isaiah Rogers suspension has officially been released, uh, suspended indefinitely, and then upon that suspension, Chris Ballard and company released him. I don't think I was shocked at all, Eddie, by the length of the contract and then the Colts cutting him, what was it, 30 minutes, an hour after the NFL released? Yeah. That, that Certainly within an hour. That discipline. Um you can't preach culture and act like when a player messes with the integrity of the game, that guy deserves to stay here. Yeah. I, I, you just, you can't do it. Um, I would say when I saw the news, and now we are what, about a month into this story? Yes. You know, I'm starting to write a little bit more about the cornerback group, and I've done a depth chart article, and I've started to look at, you know, oh boy, this is how guys kind of moved up and down what, in my mind, was the depth chart in the spring, and this is how I kind of view them entering training camp. It's just a reminder, Eddie, of how stupid the decision was and how horrific the timing is for Isaiah Rogers. I mean, we're talking year four. For a day three draft pick, which is, I mean, that's the make or break year. You know, when you talk about a day three pick, you talk about a guy from UMass. I mean, year four is everything. Mm-hmm. It's when your contract really rises. You know, for those unfamiliar with 
Rodgers' contract situation, I believe he made less than a million annually each of the first three years. And I think the year four number rose to like two point four million, something, something around that. I know it was in the two million dollar range. Yeah, and so he misses out on that, and he also, of course, misses out on the opportunity to get to that second contract, you know, sooner. I mean, everything goes according to plan for Rodgers, which I know is a weird phrase to use at this point. He'd be re- reinstated by the NFL. He would play out that rookie contract, and he would obviously try to get a second contract somewhere. NFL can forget about you really, really quickly. And they don't like when corners get old. And now he's one year older when he does try and make that. And I'm not going to act like he's 32. But again, this league can forget about you really, really quickly. It's just the horrific timing of it all. Of a guy like Dallas Flowers, for example. Eddie, on December 15th of last year, Dallas Flowers had not played a snap in the NFL defensively. And here we are on July 5th. And I would put his name probably in pen on the depth chart. Not yep. yet in Sharpie. Oh, yeah. But I would put it in pen. And think about that. With a month to go in last year's regular season, that dude had yet to play a snap in the NFL. And now here we are talking about him as a, and I feel pretty confident saying it, as a favorite to start. Um, obviously, the report is out there that Rodgers, you know, had a thousand dollar prop bet on the over under of rushing yards for a Colts running back. Again, I don't know who that player was or you know details on that, but this is kind of the player prop bet side of it, Eddie. That I think we've talked about before with this story. If you're Isaiah Rodgers sitting there watching practice, and I know at this point Jonathan Taylor was hurt in the season, but I had a lot of people. You know, DM me late in the year. Hey, man, you know, in, in a in a big old fantasy playoff, what do you think? Who's getting more reps, Deion Jackson or Zach Moss? I mean, a lot of people were asking about that. Yeah, late in the season. Well, if you sit there and watch practice for three days, and you're able to make a prop bet on that and put down a thousand dollar wager, or if you're sitting out and you're talking to Jonathan's, like, hey, who's getting the carries? I right. mean, you're in that room. Or if Taylor's case, if he was questionable and you didn't know if he was going to play or not. You obviously can, you know, try and, you know, figure it out if 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 he's able to play, um, you know, a lot if he's able to play a little, those those sorts of things. So you just can't mess from an integrity standpoint with things there. Uh, Zach Moss, if I'm not mistaken, I think he went over 100 yards in the season finale against the Texans there. So. The other question I probably got asked a lot when this news broke last week is the headline is out there now of like two Colts players suspended for a year yeah. and one cut. I think it's... Who is Rashad Berry? That. Isaiah Rogers is under the umbrella of Chris Bauer draft pick, obviously. Rashad Berry, I don't know if I really label him as a Colt. This is my assumption, Eddie. But I'm guessing the acts Rashad Barry did to be suspended in the NFL, I assume those occurred before he became a Colt. He joined the team in the first week of January. So if you go off of when these suspensions occurred, if you bet on NFL games, which seems to be the case with these year-long yeah. suspensions, that means you obviously had to do it during the NFL season. Well, Barry was only a Colt for a week. So I assume this occurred when he was not with the team. If you follow me there. Yeah. Uh, basically what I'm getting at is like the act could have happened 
when he was a Jag. I think he was with the Jags. And now he's becomes a member of the Colts. And it's like, oh, yeah, about that. Um, you committed this crime before you took a job here, but we still have to punish you for that crime. That's kind of what I'm getting at here. Um, I don't I, I don't think this is a locker room-wide problem for the Colts. I don't think that Chris Bauer has a bunch of bad character individuals in that room. You know, Rodgers obviously did something very stupid, but I don't think Barry qualifies as that. Does that follow? I follow you. Is that track down? I had never heard of the guy until the suspension. Sure. Yeah. Um, he wore 74 as a defensive end. That always stood out to me. I'm like, gosh, I feel like that's like a 1972-era defensive end. Or an offensive lineman number. Right. I'm like, was Michael Strahan 74? Was he 73? <laughs> um, on that end. So, yeah, that is the Barry number. Or that is the Barry um, storyline there. Is there anything else you want to add on the suspension front? I guess a couple of just quick things. Uh, you can apply for reinstatement at the end of the year. That's what Calvin Ridley did, right, to get back in the league. So I assume that that's what these guys will will, will try. Yeah. Um, Nicholas petit Ferrier, the offensive tackle for the Titans, I think mm-hmm. was going to be a starter for them. Uh, he bet on games from the team. I don't know if it was facility or plane or where it was. Hotel or whatever. Hotel, yeah. yeah. He's out six games. And did you see the other? Offensive tackle news in the AFC South. Cam Robinson suspended four games. I thought that was expected, though. I, I thought he was going to miss some time with his suspension. It was just a matter of how long. And that was PEDs. Yeah. We should, we should make that clear. But I think it's worth noting, Eddie, you play both of those teams in the first six weeks of the season. Yep. And you're going to play Jacksonville week one. Yeah. So that means Trevor Lawrence will walk into this building. And I'm not predicting a Colts win, but I've said it since the schedule came out. I think Jacksonville week one is an ideal time to play them. And now you're going to get a backup left tackle in the first game of the season. The Colts have played games with some mediocre left tackles. They've played some starter season opening games with some mediocre left tackles. They've not gone very well. So we'll see how that plays out for Jacksonville week one. But I think that's worth noting of that. Jacksonville week one, I think Tennessee's more like a week five game. But they will both be down a tackle. In yep. both of those games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, we'll see how the rest of camp plays out. Other injuries, things like that. So, um, I think that covers everything. You know, I thought Ballard's statement, you know, pretty much said everything you would expect. He mentioned the integrity of the game in that. And, you know, as much as I think Rodgers made a very stupid mistake, the league and agents need to be better as well. And I should say the league, teams, and agents. All three of those parties. How so? Clarify stuff better, teach them more, define better. It's just murky. You know, you can't bet at the facility, but can you know, does that mean team bus? Does that mean team plane? Does that mean team hotel? I know in Rogers' case he didn't fall into that category, but some guys have. I just think you need to be on top of it of educate, educate, educate. You're in bed with gambling companies. Mm-hmm. That looks weird. It looks odd. There's a lot of people in the public eye that say, this is stupid. The NFL is making money off these gambling apps. But so are the, so is the MLB and NBA sure. and NHL. Yeah, I, I, again, I'm just using the NFL as an example here. But I just think if you're going to do that, you better educate the hell out, out of your players. Because it, it's, a, it's a black eye on the league when more and more of these come out. So make sure that you're doing everything you can 
to make sure. I think there are a lot of guys in the league that are like, I don't know exactly what I can bet on. That that cannot be a question. You need to make sure that they have a crystal clear picture of what they can do and what they can't do. And I know there are a lot of guys that just say, EJ Speed, one of them, you know, said, hey, just don't bet. Don't bet. It's not worth the risk. But it's just weird, man. I mean, you've got employees with NFL franchises that can't bet on anything. NFL players can go bet on their college team. They yeah. can go bet on NBA games. It's just uh, we need to unify a little better, I think, when it comes to this stuff, and we need to educate a little bit better. So that would be my advice to the NFL, to teams, and to agents to make sure their clients know exactly what they can and cannot do. Just for comparison's sake, the NBA they have a um, they have like a test and a program that the players have to go through, and they have to pass it in order, you know, to play. Obviously, uh, regarding the gambling policy for the National Basketball Association, and on the MLB front, uh, you can't bet at all. Not, really, you're, you're not allowed to bet on anything. No sports. Correct. Pete Rose can thank. Yeah. Yep, 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 MLB yep. players can thank Pete Rose for that one. That's fair. Uh, interesting. Yeah, I have no issue with betting on other sports. Zero. But just educate better. And I, I this is probably me as the son of two teachers, like, sounding off here a little bit. But if you're going to be a little bit shady isn't the right word, Eddie, but if you're willing to be in bed with them, that's fine. And I'm totally good with it. But you better make sure that your employees don't have this. Because the more this occurs, the more it just looks weird. The more it looks a bit ugly on that end. And I think on Barry's front, he's probably like, oh, I'm some guy, you know, I don't start games. Nobody knows me. They're not going to be for sure. Be out to look for me. So why not throw, you know, a couple dollars here on whatever I want? And to be fair, I know Jameson Williams and Calvin Ridley don't necessarily qualify, but you know, for the most part, Eddie, these players have been much more in the Rashad Barry career path. I mean, Isaiah Rogers might even be on the high end of like players that have been caught yeah. doing this. And obviously you have a geolocation. You know, I was in the state of Michigan this past weekend and if I wanted to to gamble, which I I might have. Uh, when I logged in, they were like, okay, we need to confirm your location. That's how I think these guys get caught at the team facilities. It's that the NFL requires the gambling apps to be a partner with them and put in these location-specific areas, and they can catch you on those things. And I'm sure the amount. I would think a $1,000 player prop on Zach Moss, potentially, probably would have had some red flags when yeah. Isaiah Rogers you know, sent that in. And again, I'm using this hypothetically. Um, so yeah, I think that covers everything. Rogers front, you know, if I were going to write out a cornerback depth chart right now, it would be Dallas Flowers. It would be Kenny Moore, and the third corner would probably be, jeez, man. I mean, Juju Brunts, you would think has a great chance in yeah. camp, but you know, Tony Brown and Daryl Baker Jr. were probably the other two I'd throw in there of guys I saw most frequently during the spring. But Darius Rush and Juju Brents are going to have. Unbelievable chances during camp. Ready for Twitter questions now? I'm ready. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies jamming out to something new 
and everything in between. When St. Jude opened in 1962, childhood cancer was considered incurable. Since then, St. Jude has helped push the overall survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. St. Jude won't stop until no child dies from cancer. Join me today in supporting St. Jude by calling 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 to become a partner in hope. Your gift to St. Jude could last a lifetime. Tim is up first. Between a relative and I, people often say that defenses during the Tom Brady and Peyton Manning era and before were tougher to play against compared to the modern NFL. Do you agree with that? And if so, why or why not? Thank you for all the great content. I appreciate that, Tim. Thank you for reading. Uh, I would say, A, the rules allowed for it. You know, how much of the NBA rules changed since the Pacers and Pistons played playoff series where the first one to 71? Yeah. The NFL, I think, is in a similar boat with how they treat, in particular, the passing game and what they allow versus what they didn't allow. Just ask Peyton Manning what some of those Patriot cornerbacks he felt like got away with during that era to, you know, where you are now. Obviously, um, you know, it, it helps from a Colts era standpoint when you have a Hall of Fame pass rushing duo and then Bob Sanders went when healthy. Um, Come down and lay the wood. Right? I mean, when you think about it, and I've heard Robert Mathis say this before, I've heard Reggie Wayne say this before, I mean, so many people with those Colts era. You know, when you think about that 2006 run, Eddie, to the Super Bowl, you ask any player that played in that era for the Colts, they would call that like their third or fourth best team. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that is just kind of wild to think of. You know, it's not even viewed in the light of like 07, 09, 05. People are like, those teams were infinitely better than that. But your defense got hot. You held Baltimore to, what, 15 points? You played a great half against New England. You shut down Larry Johnson. Mother Nature probably helped you out a little bit, but the Bears obviously didn't do much to you in in the um, in the Super Bowl. Thanks, Rex, Gross- Rex Grossman. Yes, thank you for that. Um, and it kind of gets back to the... And Marlon Jackson. Yes, yes. Thank you, Marlon, for that. It gets back to the analogy I've used before, Eddie, of just darts of the dartboard. If you're able to do that, make annual runs, you got a chance. Yeah. And that's what you're seeing there. Yep. I would say I would agree with this question, too. I mean, you could hit guys a lot harder than you can yeah. now. And look at body types, Eddie. What do you want in a linebacker now? What do you want in a safety? Yeah. Totally different body types Yeah, from what you wanted back then. Uh, Colton is up next. He says the Colts go 4-13 and are in position for Drake May and or Kalen Williams in the draft. A 17-game stats for Anthony Richardson were 3,300 yards passing, 19 passing touchdowns, 650 yards rushing, 9 rushing touchdowns, a completion percentage of 57% with 17 interceptions. Are you picking one of those two quarterbacks or drafting a supporting cast for Anthony Richardson. Boy, man, I, I'm i not going to lie. When I first saw this question, I thought to myself, I am dreading a potential debate of should the Colts draft a quarterback in 2024? Can you imagine? Like, how bad would that have to be? That would be really bad. Those numbers look pretty good to me, I, I honestly. 
right? I mean, 3,300 passing yards. I, I'd like a uh, completion percentage of 57. Not, okay, fine. 19 passing TD, 17 picks. I mean, that's not great. 3,300 would have put him literally in the top half of the NFL last year. Yeah, I, I don't. Those look fine. But it, it, <laughs> I mean, look at Kenny Pickett last year. He had 2,400 passing yards and How many starts? seven touchdowns, nine interceptions, and 13 starts. So, yeah, you got to probably build that out a little bit more. But, yeah, that's a, what, a four-year starter in college? And then you had Justin Fields. I mean, he started 15 games, 2,200, 17 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Yeah, I I, I don't think that the, the, the numbers to me would indicate, yes, Richardson is 100% would be the guy in 2024. But it is just wild to think of that potential debate you would have to have. I don't think there would be any, any debate. Like, if you see him put up 3,300 yards and 19 passing touchdowns with the supporting cast he's got right now. Yeah, I, I guess like, let me let, let me clarify. No debate with these numbers, necessarily, yeah. but just in general. Oh, yeah. He fell into the number one pick, and all of a sudden Caleb Williams even looked like more of a campus prospect. And what could you trade Richardson for? And, you know, all of those. I mean, it just – it is – wild to even ponder. It makes me want to cry even thinking about having to have that sort of debate. By the way, did you see who took home the Manning Passing Academy Award for Best Quarterback there a few weeks back? Um, Can I get a hint? Because uh, I did not. Some ties here locally. Some ties here locally. Interesting. So you know the Manning Passing Academy takes yeah. pretty much the best college quarterbacks each year. Austin P, I believe, is the university that they go to. Uh, each year, and yes, ties locally, uh-huh. particularly to Bloomington. Oh, really? I was going to guess um, Sam Hartman. Uh, I wish. Who? Michael Penix Jr. Not surprising. Is he the third quarterback taken next year? I would say so. I mean, the dude can spin it. Yeah, he, he certainly can spin it. Uh, but yeah, I found that interesting. Um, why bother pod wants to know uh, or first he wants to paint a picture in his own mind about Anthony Richardson and how he affects the Colts how much changes this season if everything were the same between coaches roster everything but magically we have Jacob Easton as a rookie again instead of Anthony Richardson oh jeez wow uh, what I, I would, need a lot of beer now. For the last two what would be the talk? Eason is raw, but has a cannon. Would he sit behind Gardner Minshew? What would be the expectations, storylines, etc. for this new season? Thanks, love the pod, and haven't missed one since the 2019 Jacoby Brissett season. Well, thank you for that. Uh, I appreciate. Gosh, we're going on almost five years now with this sort of relationship. Um. I, I guess there'd be intrigue, Eddie, because it's a young quarterback potentially starting. But I, the only thing that I can compare to Jacob Eason and Anthony Richardson is the lack of experience. What number pick was Eason? 122? Something like that? Wherever yeah. it was in round four? That's different than four overall. I also think Richardson, Richardson brings a component, Eddie, to the NFL right away. That should rank right up there with any in the, in the NFL. Oh, yeah. And that's as a leg threat. A lot of questions around that, but Eason wasn't bringing that. Um, I also think I, we'll see how it plays out, but I think you had more questions about Eason as a processor than you do Richardson. Oh, yeah. Now, I would agree there. You certainly have more questions with Richardson's accuracy. Than both, Eason. both inexperienced. Right. That to me is the only similarity. Really, really the only one. And big arms. Um, yeah, because big arms, yep, that, 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 would, that would qualify as well. But it's just, 
there's intrigue, but there's not the created player with Richardson. And you know, I, you know, Easton started that final season at Washington. There were definitely some moments. I mean, the BYU game looked incredible. Um, I think there maybe were a few more off the field questions with Eason. I don't think, and I've said this before about quarterback. Quarterback falls into a different category. Quarterback is the, they are the valedictorian of the high school that, whatever, gets caught selling drugs. Not the guy with the .3 GPA gets caught selling drugs. Like, quarterbacks held to a higher standard, and you're more in shock, or you you expect more out of them. Mm -hmm. And in Eason's case, I just don't think he met the high level of leadership, mindset, crave it. You know, you don't care about commas and zeros on the paycheck. You want to do anything to win. I, I And that this might be unfair of me, but I feel like I've got a decent gauge on it. I don't think Eason checked enough of those boxes. I think Richardson right now, he does. He has that desire and that will and that burn. Um, so, yeah, I think that covers everything. You know who Jacob Eason's best friend is? Uh, who's that? He's a cult legend and former Notre Dame fighting Irish football player. Whoa. Isaac Rochelle? Yep. What gave it away? The Colts legend? Uh, yes. Colts legend. And then when you threw the Notre Dame, and I was trying to think of who Eason enjoyed hanging out with. But yeah. Rochelle was not here long, right? Just no. Just one year? Just one year. But congrats to him and his wife. Uh, just announced their pregnancy about a month or, nice. a month or two ago. Yeah. There you go. Uh, two questions left. Yep. Drew, uh, recent clickbait has the Colts as suitors as a trade partner with Washington for Chase Young. I'm glad this came up in the podcast because that's something I want, I meant to talk about. Uh, is he worth it, and what would you give up for him? Um, Boy, Eddie, my, my initial thought is this. I'm not sure you're in a position to take that risk. Correct. Just where he's at medically. I don't know. Is there an Ohio State curse? To Colts players as well. Obviously, I love the position he plays. I like him as a player. But it almost seems like, and I, I might not say this in January, but it almost seems like right now, Eddie, at left tackle and a defensive end, you've got to sit there and say, all right, Quiddy Pay, Bernard Ryman, here you freaking go. Yep. You've got the golden opportunity right now. And if Quiddy Pay makes a third-year jump that I think he feels like he's going to make, and we'll see if health cooperates, I think a health and just a little bit more pop, I'd like to see just a little bit more from him. Then in Ryman's case, just kind of that year two of, boom. Can he look like the guy that kind of was pointing in the right direction at the end of last season? Gosh, all of a sudden, man, left tackle and defensive end, you feel... so good about but there is still a part of me that wants to look at the draft picks moving forward and say those need to be direct support for Richardson and I just don't trust me pass rush is huge but I don't think you can take the medical and maybe you know maybe I'm going to be dead wrong on this but I'm not willing to bet on the medicals slash you'd have to pay him obviously very soon was he a 2020 Draft selection? Yes, because he was in the Joe Burrow draft. That sounds right. Was that the COVID draft? Yeah. That 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 sounds right. I, I probably am just holding off on it. I, I just feel like you still got to think about draft. Wait, attention. him and Quiddy Pay were both in the same draft? Quiddy Pay was 21, right? Was he? Pretty sure, yeah. This is year well, three for Pay. Yeah, 21, 22, and this is now 2023. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I was just trying to think of the fifth-year option decision. Yeah, with Quiddy coming up. So, yeah, this would be year three. Yeah. Yep. Kind of a pseudo-contract year for, for Quiddy. Yeah, you have to remember, too, with Quiddy, before he got stepped on in that Denver game, he was on pace for 12 sacks. Yeah. Would you do the Chase Young thing or no? Probably not. Yeah, I mean, what's it called? I mean, what, you know. That would be like if the Pacers went out and they tried to make a push for like Chris Middleton or one of the top echelon guys in the free agency. Yeah, I, I get the Middleton reference, you know, in terms of a coming off injury, probably a little younger to be fair in Chase Young's case. But I it, like the thought. I like the idea. But I just don't think you're in a position right now. Now, again, you get to January, February, and it might be too late at that point, Eddie. But that's when you reassess. I think at this point, on July 5th, you've put your eggs in the basket of, all right, Ryman and Pay, show me what you have. Yeah. And I've, I will say this a lot, I think, in the next five, six months. We will endlessly talk about Anthony Richardson, and rightfully so. But if you can get answers on Pay and or Ryman in a positive development, that does absolute wonders for your franchise moving forward. Oh, yeah. Now, all of a sudden, it's, wait, is that Tart Glenn for Peyton? <laughs> is that Dwight Freeney for Peyton? And I know it's a little too high of a pedestal to act like those guys could reach. But, you know, let's just go a, a notch below. Is it a Costanzo and uh, a Justin Houston, like Colt Justin Houston for six to eight years? Eric Walden? Yeah, Eric Walden was the other name that kind of popped in my head. Is it that? If it's that... You still have something. You would like a little more, but you got something yeah. that you can work with. Yeah. Alquidine Muhammad, for some reason, popped into my head, too, and I was like, no. Yeah. Let's go, let's yeah. go a tad higher than that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, last question comes from Brian. Uh, with Ballard extending non-premium positions early, he has put himself in this situation with Jonathan Taylor. Ballard has backed himself into a dilemma. The best thing the Jags did with Trevor Lawrence is give him weapons while he was on his rookie contract. If you overpay a left guard, an often injured linebacker, and a running back, can you afford to pay an impact player, also known as a wide receiver or tight end, in free agency? Yeah, it's um I agree with a lot of this. You know, when you have when you're Chris Bowden and you have this plan, when you first construct the plan, you have to think about this point of the plan, like Taylor end of rookie deal, what are you going to do? And if you're willing to draft him in the second round, that means you have to be willing to pay him. Like Eddie, I'm of the belief that you don't draft dudes in round 2 and say see after 4 years. If you're going to draft guys in the second round, you obviously want them to be pillars for your franchise for six, eight, ten years. That is the hope. That is the goal there. So it all goes back to the plan for me. Um, Yeah, the finances of it will get a little bit more difficult, but at the same point, Brian, and this kind of goes, and I'll make a Pacers analogy here. You know, so much was made about the Bruce Brown contract the Pacers just handed him. And Bruce Brown is now making the most money of any Pacer player. Yeah. You know why he's making the most money of any Pacer player? Because the Pacers have absolutely stunk at finding and drafting young talent over the last handful of years. Absolutely stunk. Aaron Holiday never sniffed a second contract. TJ Leaf never sniffed a second contract. Some could argue he never should have sniffed a first contract. Goga Batadze, Chris Duarte, all of them. Ben Mathern will be the first, hopefully... Uh, second contract by draft pick that Kevin Pritchard has made. Right. 
And obviously Halliburton was still playing out the rookie deal, and that's why he hasn't reached the second contract, which of course he agreed to, you know, late last week, and he he will not this coming season, but the next season that will eventually kick in. Well, that's kind of the same way with the Colts. Eddie, they don't need to pay a quarterback right now. They don't need to pay a left tackle. They don't need to play a pass rusher because they have nobody on the roster that's deserving of that sort of price tag. Yeah. So that's kind of where you're at right now. It's more of a the philosophy has not fallen in line with, again, how I think about it from a modern standpoint. Uh, But it all goes back to the plan. If you have a plan, and Taylor might prove to be, and I say this in all seriousness, Taylor might prove to be an outlier in this. If there are any young running backs, Eddie, over the last couple of years that I would say, all right, one of these guys is going to be the outlier. One of these guys is still going to be at a high level at 28. To me, Taylor could be that. Because he's always been so freaking cognizant of his body. And he hasn't had any major injuries. Now the counter to that would be Wisconsin ran him into the ground in three years. That wear and tear is eventually going to show up. Yeah, And some might argue it is showing up. Um, again, I don't think we're there just yet. But that is kind of a a fair point to make on that. I, I hope I'm answering that right. Um, again, the, the Colts right now, they have money to spend. That is no issue. But eventually, that will run out when you are starting to pay some other positions. And, you know, in a Michael Pittman's case, and a Jonathan Taylor's case, you could be paying them, you know, maybe as early as the end of this month, depending on how everything shakes out. I got. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hey fam, I'm asking for your support. Help us raise money for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food so they can focus on helping their child live. By pledging just $19 a month, you're helping St. Jude give every child with cancer a chance. Help St. Jude save lives. Call 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 and become a partner in Hope today i was just looking at it just because i was curious melvin gordon like he just turned 30 uh, but he never put up jonathan taylor like numbers sure he was good during the chargers but he didn't put up huge numbers um i kind of want to voice my opinion on jonathan taylor because i will will miss next week's pod feel free to me i don't mind it's more of the year than it is the money but at the same time, it is also the money. It's hard to explain and kind of balance the two. Like, I wouldn't go past a third year. And if you do a fourth year, you better have a team option on the fourth year, not a player option. That's my only way I would do a fourth year. I think it's a very good point. And it has to be front-loaded. I can't have it. It cannot be spru- um, you know, evenly spaced out yeah, over the three out, or four years. It needs to be front-loaded just to save your butt in the back half of that deal in case – like he, in case he does wear out and yeah. he does wear down. Now, additionally, with when you look at last year, Zach Moss produced without Jonathan Taylor, so that's the that's the sticking point. I think Chris Ballard can come back to 
and whomever's making these negotiations is like, well, look at Zach Moss. You were gone, and he just and he filled in perfectly. Yeah, like I, he was a capable running back. Yeah, I think those are some really really good points on it. Um, and I would not pay him top two with McCaffrey and Kamara because those guys never come off the field. Yeah, those guys play on third down. And if you look at and this is a little tease, I guess to the next pot. If you look at running back money, you know Derrick Henry's at twelve and a half million. I think it would surprise a lot of people to see Kamara and McCaffrey at I think it's fifteen and sixteen. Of yes, that. correct. That's a big jump. I mean, that's what seventy five percent of Henry's contract is above that. In, um, I I don't I. Could be totally wrong on that percentage. Math seems hard to me. Twenty five percent maybe is the more accurate number. It is higher than them by three and four million dollars because they play third down, mm-hmm. and obviously Taylor's third down presence is not at the McCaffrey and Camara level. And now, I think Taylor's deal will be a very similar to Saquon's if that ever happens because they both right. bring the same amount of value to their offense. Yeah, and again, how that plays out, how some of the other running back stuff, it is going to be league-wide. There are going to be eyes on the Taylor situation and obviously the Michael Pittman one here locally as well. So we'll do that on next week's podcast. Eddie, enjoy the vacation, man. Thank you as always. We will have some pods next week. Uh, I think plural on, on that. I'd like to get a pod in before I take my final vacation before training camp starts. So, so you're going to do two without me? Keep, Yeah, maybe. I don't, wow. I don't, I don't know if, if we got enough arms in the bullpen to be able to provide that. Uh, He is Eddie Garrison. I'm Kevin Bone. Everybody have a great week. Thank you for listening to Kevin's Corner.